The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 10-8 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good afternoon and good evening. My name is Officer Y and this is the 108 Podcast, the podcast by cops and for cops, but really it's for anyone who wants to listen to it. Listen, I think we as law enforcement officers really become insulated, right? We build this idea in our head, the whole idea of they don't understand, they don't get it. I mean, yes, we are a quirky bunch. We have a lot of dark humor. We have a lot of dark experiences. But truth be told, we don't have to be so alone. On the show today, my guest is Dr. Elizabeth Dellery, who has her PhD in biomedical sciences. And in just a few, we will have a conversation all about what's going on in these nutty cop brains of ours. And after that, I will be breaking into the 10-8 mailbag, and I plan to answer a few things from your Ask Me Anythings from uh, the past week. But first, let's talk about something else. Now, I'm going to treat the opening today as our Code 4 check. Basically, I want to get... I'll end on the high note, on the humorous note with the Ask Me Anythings, and we'll get a little silly. Um, But I think this, what I'm about to talk about, is a good intro for the conversation. So we're going to start out with, I'm not a big book review guy. Um, I enjoy reading. I enjoy checking out new books. But, you know, I work so dang much and I feel like I'm just always so tired at any given moment that I just don't have the time or the energy to read, despite the fact that I have an ever-growing pile of books that I want to read or books that I should read. And I know, I know, it's an excuse. Make the time. And I have been. I'm working on it. But this specific moment in time, I'm going to actually treat it as a book review. I'm not illiterate, so I do read, so I'm not just blowing smoke out your ass. Or up, 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 your ass, up, my ass, out, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know where the smoke is going, but I'm not doing it. Now, this specific book was sent in to me. It was highly recommended by many of my listeners and followers, and someone actually took it upon themselves to send me a copy to check out. So first and foremost, I do want to thank under Sheriff Kevin Malone of the Humboldt County Sheriff's Department in Nevada. Nevada? Nevada? I don't, I don't, man, you know, one of the great mysteries of the world. Anyway, he's the one that sent it in to me. The book is Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement, A Guide for Officers and Their Families. It's by Kevin Gilmartin, PhD. So first and foremost, if you haven't heard of it, 
or read this book, just do it. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. If you are a cop, if you are going to be a cop, or if some way, six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon, you are related to a cop, read this book. It is an excellent dive into the deep world of the mental barricade, so to speak, that we in law enforcement build up. Now, a lot of this isn't even a conscious change. Now, I'm not going to go deep into the book uh, word for word, and we're going to break it down chapter by chapter. I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you that it is easily a 10 out of 10. And you need to check it out. You know, I really wish that I read this going into law enforcement in the police academy. And a lot of people have told me that they have. That it was either a required reading in the police academy or once they got hired. But it wasn't for me. We had to read verbal judo. And that was it. But I would really love to have read it then. And then reread it now. Five years into my career. Just to see where I've changed as a person and, and mentally. I think that would be a very interesting exercise. So if you are an aspiring law enforcement officer, if you're in the police academy, if you know, you're know you in high school and you're an explorer and you're thinking, hey, this might be for me, um, definitely read it in the beginning of your academy training in addition to whatever they're teaching you in the academy, obviously. Don't let this take precedent. But it's, it's it would be a very interesting exercise for someone in the beginning and then read it in the middle and then maybe again in the end if you still care at that point. But in the book... They talk about one change that happens in the brain of a police officer, and that is the overall cynical view of the world. I mean, you can't get mad at a police officer for having a, a, a negative, glass-half-empty view of the world. You know, we're not waiters. We're not factory workers who may run into someone at work having a bad day, who may be rude to them or say something out of character. No, no, no. We are dealing with people who are quite possibly, whether they are the victim or the suspect, they're quite possibly having the worst day of their lives. And we don't just deal with one bad day and then that's it. No, we deal with several worst days in a single day. And we do that multiple times a week over the course of an entire career. So all of that starts to warp our perception of reality. You know, I had a training officer once say, that perception is reality, but your perception is your reality. And it really makes sense. If all you deal with all day, every day, are liars and thieves, suddenly you think that everyone you come across is a liar and a thief. If you spend the entire shift thinking that people are out to kill you, which is good, proper, and commendable officer safety, then when you're off duty, you're still going to think that. But that will also lead to a downward spiral that is going to isolate and insulate us from those that don't think that. But there is a balance. A balance where we can be skeptical and safe at work, and even safe out of work, but not dodgy, cynical douchebags off-duty. Now, all this is a segue into a clip that I want to share from one of my favorite speakers and authors, Henry Rollins, on cynicism. Check it out. And my cynicism, I thought, was an awareness. I thought my cynicism was me seeing through the bullshit. And by the early 90s, my cynicism was at this unimaginably intense level. And I sought to enhance my cynicism. I, I sought to harvest and grow more cynicism. I thought I was never cynical enough. Sometimes, Henry, people are nice. No, they're not. They're just gaming for strategic positioning. 
They're never nice. They're just trying to get what they can out of you. It's all bullshit. People suck. Now, that two-word sentence, people suck, period, is a very easy conclusion to come to, right? You can start judging uh, the many by the actions of the few. And I did that for a long time. Self-preservation. People suck. We're all whores. When my cynicism was reaching these unimaginable levels, like, I started meeting some of the most amazing, humanitarian, strong, and selfless people I've ever met in my life. And then I started uh, coming to the conclusion that cynicism is nothing but intellectual uh, cowardice. It's basically you not taking the time to deal with what is. It's like, oh no, if they're all fucked, I don't have to really do any work assessing humanity. I'll just know that they're all fucked and I'll just judge them from here and feel innately superior. And so over the years, I've become further and further stripped of my cynicism. And I realized that cynicism is weakness that I cannot afford. And so at first, I felt very vulnerable. Like, oh, no, I'm no longer cynical. Oh, no, I'm going to have to take the world to face value. No, how will I survive? Well, it's fucking hard to just to, to deal with everyone as an individual and think of other people as you think of yourself. And I'm not trying to get you to go kumbaya and go out and kick a hacky sack, smear yourself with patchouli oil or hug a fucking tree. And so more and more I travel farther and farther out into the world because I'm a curious boy. Uh, the more amazing people I meet, thus stripping me more and more of my cynicism. I would love to be cynical. It was so much fun being cynical, but I can't do it anymore. And I, I, I don't want to turn into like some over-serious guy. I don't want to be some floating Buddha trying to hug people because that's not me either. But it's, it's a lot of work not being cynical. Sometimes it just fucking sucks because you have to listen to both sides of every argument. Ah! All that time it takes, damn. I don't want to ever lose my anger because the anger I like. I don't want to become lovey-dovey guy because that to me is like the first sign of defeat. We're like, ah, everyone's good. I love everyone. Fuck that shit. There's so many sick, awful motherfuckers in the world. And if you don't stand them up and stand them down and call them what they really are, we'll never get the P-Funk Ramones Devo block party going. And so if you think things are cool, I think you're wrong. And once again, that's Henry Rollins, uh, singer from the band Black Flag. He's a writer, speaker, and that clip is on YouTube. You just kind of have to find it, uh, kind of hiding it, copyrights and whatnot. But listen, everyone you encounter off-duty is not a liar and a thief. To paraphrase Dr. Gil Martin, it is not all bullshit. Please consider this an exercise. Now, before I go any further, I want to put a big disclaimer, bold, underlined italics, do not compromise your safety for what I'm talking about here. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, you know, trust people to the point of being unsafe, okay? At work, we have to be safe. We have to be skeptical. We cannot be too trusting. And off-duty, we have to be safe, right? Our, our safety is utmost importance. Our family is utmost importance, I get that. But allow yourself to accept just a little bit more humanity than you otherwise would. And it's really damn hard. Okay? But I think that we can all do it if we kind of make this mental focus, this conscious effort to do it together. All right. I said my piece. Take it for what it is. And we're moving on. Coming up after a short music break, Dr. Elizabeth Delery and I go even deeper talking about the wonderful brains of police officers. It is really a great conversation. I learned a lot, and it definitely opened my mind. Here we go.
All right, and now we are back, and joining me is Dr. D. What's going on? Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Fantastic, just a little tired. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. That's going to be perfect for what we're about to talk about. Um, so give everyone, I kind of gave you a brief introduction moments ago, but kind of introduce yourself, tell us who you are and, and what you're all about. Well, uh, my name is Elizabeth Dellery, and I have a PhD in biomedical sciences, uh, and during my PhD and my postdoc, I studied the brain and like the immune system of the brain and then uh, like PTSD, traumatic brain injuries and alcohol abuse. Uh, and now I'm a professor. So I'm kind of a jack of all trades in the science field. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, the top we got a couple topics planned today. Uh, we're going to be talking science to cops. So that'll be kind of we'll see how that goes. But it's science that is important to them and it's science that has a lot to do with them. So. You know, maybe they never thought about it this way, but it's a whole lot better than like the street science where, you know, you got two guys sitting in a police car going, all right, well, this is what you should do. That's never that's never how it works out well. So um, let's talk a little bit. I mean, you've mentioned it before, like police officers, sleeping disorders, stress, burnout, all that is just chronic in the law enforcement world, first responder world, really. So what is it? How do how do we get there? Well, I'd say it's kind of like that meme where they're like, compare the two pictures. And it's like, oh, they're the same picture. Um, I feel like sleep deprivation is synonymous with you guys. Uh, just due to the fact that like, you know, you work long shifts, um, you know, especially when you're pulling 12 hours, the brain is not meant to to run that continuously. And when you're on duty, you're on high alert, like you may not realize that you are like, you're just so used to, you know, sitting in your squad car writing reports or whatever, but your brain is still on, you're still processing, you're, you know, still subconsciously aware in the background that like, hey, what if a threat comes up to my car right now? Like you're still on alert. And alert causes, you know, stress and a buildup of stress in the body can lead to things like sleep deprivation or, you know, sitting in a squad car wearing your low duty belt um, can hurt your back. And back pain can lead to problems with sleeping. And it's kind of this endless cycle of you're not getting enough sleep, you're more stressed out, which leads to less sleep. And it just keeps going and going and going until you burn out. Right, right. So you were talking to me a little bit before the interview about how, I guess, dopamine has a lot to do with this feeling as well. What, what exactly is that? So dopamine is a neurotransmitter in the brain. And what a neurotransmitter is, is it's basically chemical signaling. Uh, and it helps the neurons function, which are the cells in the brain. Um, and, you know, it tells it what to do, what's going on, things like that. And dopamine is released when you do something you enjoy and, like, is pleasurable for you, including, like, you know, exercising or um, seeing a partner that you like or, you know, eating your favorite food. Dopamine can be released. And the interesting thing about that is low levels of dopamine have been linked to issues with sleep. But there's also this kind of complication that the first time you're sleep deprived, you actually get this boost in dopamine, which kind of makes it almost a reward to not sleep. Um, so it's this <laughs> yeah. really strange phenomenon. Gotcha. So how, how do people get low on dopamine? I mean, burnout, if you don't get enough sleep, um, you know, your brain's not able to repair it. So, I mean, that's the whole purpose of sleep is for your brain you know, to kind of repair itself, 
level out, you know, your body to repair any damage that happened during the day to remove things like free radicals, which can damage your cells. Um, and so when you don't get enough sleep, your body is not able to, you know, repair pathways and things like that. And they've also shown, too, that different people are genetically predisposed to have different levels of dopamine to begin with. Okay, so so really, you and I being two completely different people, you could have more dopamine than me. So it, which means I could run out sooner and then lose it, leading to more. So does lack of dopamine lead to burnout quicker or does burnout lead to lack of dopamine, which makes? Well, in, uh, <laughs> if you've ever considered, like if you ever decided to quit policing, um, I'm pretty sure there are several neuroscience labs that would love to take you on to tackle that project. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't think we really know for sure the brain is so complicated. And what makes it worse is the fact that, like we mentioned, you and I are different people. Mm-hmm. Genetics is so complex too. So it's like, yes, the brain, like add two complex things. And it's just like, you can't predict what might happen. You know, if you don't get enough sleep versus I don't get enough sleep and, and certain right, right. people are more predisposed to be able to tolerate less amounts of sleep while others need to sleep more. Like biologically, actually women need to sleep longer than men um, because of how our brains operate. We have more energy um, used that we need to actually sleep longer. Uh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. If you got a girlfriend, who's just like, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm, exactly. There's things, there's, there's science to it. So, okay. So we, obviously police and law enforcement and first responders in general, lots of stress. Um, there's no real avoiding that. Like you were saying, even if we're just sitting and, and what we think is relaxing, you know, hanging out at a Seven Eleven, drinking coffee, whatever, writing reports, oh, yeah. we think we're relaxing, but really, I mean, and you're right. Our brains are going a mile a minute. I even know that when I'm off duty and let's just say I'm just driving around with my family, they're saying that, you know, you're always scanning. You're never like sitting still. Like, and I don't even notice it at this point. I just, you know, it's just me. Or like when you go to dinner and you sit like facing the egg, like without just even realizing that you do it. Right, right. Family, you're off duty. You go and you sit so you can scope out the exits in case you need a backup plan. Right, right. And if there's like a bump that happens next to you, you have to look and go see what's going on. And it, and a lot of times people think I'm just being nosy, which I mean, maybe <laughs> I am. But I mean, so we, we, there's no avoiding the stress in our, in our positions. So, you know, how do we combat the stress the burnout, the, the losing amounts of dopamine. How do we combat that in a healthy way? Oh, that's a great, yeah. I was about to say, as you were asking that question, my brain's like going off on like all the possible ways that your body can dump loads of dopamine in and not all of them are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me, I, I figured that out. Uh, you know, drinking and smoking, you know, you mm-hmm. know, reason why cigarettes can be addicting. I mean, nicotine itself too, but also you can get into the habit of like associating smoking with that, you know, euphoric feeling and you're getting that release of dopamine in addition to all the effects of nicotine. And like, you can end up getting addicted in a sense to To the good feeling. Yeah. To the good feeling that just happens to be causing cancer. (laughs) Right. 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 And same with drinking and gambling and um, actually promiscuous behaviors also falls under that category. Um, You know, I know there's, you know, some jokes that cops could be a little promiscuous. And I mean, I right, think right. a lot of people can, it's a, it's a dopamine hit. Um, but there are some ways that you can tackle this in a healthy manner. And, and a lot of them are, you know, that self-explanatory, your buddy in your car said, yeah, go hit the gym, go lift some weights. Um, you know, science 
does show, in addition to, you know, I'm pretty sure you guys all know from anecdotal evidence, which is, you know, your own experiences, that when you exercise, you're releasing stress, you know, you're wearing out your muscles, so you're tired enough to fall asleep, you know, it helps relax you, that's a way you can boost dopamine, same with running, you know, you're either going to be a foot fairy (laughs) or a a lifter, Um, but running increases endorphins and dopamine, which can help too. One of my favorite things, though, that a lot of people don't realize, because do you take like melatonin supplements to sleep? Uh, I don't. I tried when I was in training because I was like, I was trying to relax, but it it, it always gave me that groggy kind of weird feeling and I, I wasn't a fan of it. So I don't, I don't usually take it. Well, the interesting thing, and I, I know a lot of police officers who take it. Mm-hmm. And what they or don't like Z-Quil or something like that. Yeah. And they work differently. Um, but the interesting thing about melatonin, that's a natural chemical that your body uses to signal sleep. What a lot of cops don't realize who are taking these melatonin supplements and like They'll start off taking five, 10 milligrams, which is what mm-hmm. you can buy over the counter in the store. Mm-hmm. After a while, you know, if they will start to get tolerant to it, they'll start increasing the dose more and more and more. And what a lot of people don't realize is you can't do that uh, with melatonin. Actually, one of the best doses you can take is like one to two milligrams. So you're okay. actually like messing your body up more and convincing it like you're throwing off your hormones by taking too much melatonin. And so for the police officers who are supplementing, you know, be careful and make sure you check uh, the dosage that you're taking because, you th- you know, logically it makes sense that, oh, you know, this dose isn't working for me. I should increase it because my body needs more. Right. When in reality, you're actually throwing off your biorhythm and that could actually contribute to more sleep problems. Okay. Okay. And, you know, that's that's really interesting that you said that because I've heard something similar. But again, that's street science. So I don't know what's real, what's not. You know, I just... Um, because I've also heard the exact opposite. I've heard, oh, no, no, just take more. You'll be fine. No, no, no. Um, but speaking of that, and that's actually a really good segue, more and more, you know, well, we're talking about addiction and whatever, but caffeine intake, right? So cops right now, you know, they're probably working a midnight shift. Um, as the night progresses, they're going to get drowsy. They're going to go. They're going to go to 7-Eleven, a Wawa, whatever. They're going to go either to the coffee aisle or they're going to go over to the energy drinks. They're going to grab bangs. Some of them might be hitting their second or third bang of the day. <laughs> so what is it, you know, what's the idea with caffeine intake? And first off, in a healthy aspect, how can we utilize caffeine to maybe help us get along without being too much or what is too much? Like help us with that. Well, that's another interesting thing. Cause like I mentioned, the body is super complex. Uh, and if you've ever seen the 23andMe genetic reports, one thing they do look at is your caffeine metabolism. Uh, And there are different people that can tolerate higher levels of caffeine. Uh, I happen to be one of them. I tested myself um, just because, I mean, I can down a pot of coffee and go right to sleep. No difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I saw this news article of a a high school kid a few years ago who had like two energy drinks and died. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. And I was like, oh, really? Because like I should be dead. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. But yeah. So different people can actually tolerate different levels. And of course, you know. Again, it's not just genetics. You can build a tolerance and, you know, start needing more caffeine. That can get you in the problem, though, because, you know, you, you're trying to make it through the end of your shift. Like, you know, you got an hour left. You're already starting to feel the exhaustion, especially if you're working like a night shift or against kind of your natural circadian rhythm. You know, you down some caffeine right before you get off shift or right before you go home to sleep. And that can throw you off, too, because, you know, caffeine's a stimulant. It wakes you up. Mm-hmm. Um and the interesting thing about bangs, why, why cops will tend to go for energy drinks over caffeine or like just coffee kind of caffeine 
is because energy drinks like Bang contain additional ingredients like B vitamins. Um, that's what's in five hour energy is it's basically just a shot of B vitamins and B mm-hmm. vitamins have been shown to help like wake you up, you know, get your brain functioning. Um, plus bang also has caffeine too. So you're getting like that whammy of a, a bunch of things to wake you up. <laughs> right, right. For sure. That's not cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's good. That's good. So, uh, with night shift, with lack of sleep, um, and these B12 vitamins, is there, what would you say is like the healthy or I don't know, I guess healthy is the best word I can think of right now for helping maintain being awake for so long and being against that circadian rhythm that you're talking about without, you know, going to the energy drink aisle or going to coffee or whatever. Yeah. And that's actually one of my favorite side subjects because again, going back to genetics, there are groups of people who are genetically predisposed to be awake at night. Mm-hmm. And like, they're kind of against the normal circadian rhythm. And one of the beliefs are like way back when in the caveman days is like, this is the thought of how it evolved mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was that we were the ones that stayed awake and kept all the rest of you guys <laughs> alive <laughs> while you slept. Um, Cause I'm a, I'm a night owl and I, pre- I prefer that. Um, and so if you're not one of the big things I think police departments should actually look into is talking to their officers and seeing who might be more inclined to want to work a night shift because guarantee you there are ones out there who like me prefer the night shift or like prefer working at night. Right. Um, and by not forcing you guys into, you know, daytime people and, you know, early birds and not forcing them into an opposite circadian rhythm, you might have a more productive force potentially. Um, or the other one that I absolutely hate that they do to you guys is when they switch your shifts too mm-hmm. frequently because it can actually lead to the potential for brain damage and cancer and things like that because you're not getting enough sleep. If you're like day shift one week, night shift the next week, and then you keep switching around shift work is like in that aspect, one of the worst possible things you can do to your body. And so if you are going to work a night shift, try to cons- keep it as consistent as possible uh, even on your off days, if you can, I know mm. stores aren't really open overnight and you yeah, have home right. repairs and groceries and things like that. Um, but try to keep a routine. Um, and as for staying awake, surprisingly, you think your your go-to should be like bang energy drinks and caffeine. Water is actually probably one of the <laughs> best things you could be drinking because your brain is 85% water. When you're dehydrated, you're tired. Um, so yeah, you know, energy drinks are good in moderation, but like, make sure you're well hydrated before you uh, reach for that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And you know, that's, I know for me, and I'm sure I'm speaking for a lot of cops out there. I definitely don't drink enough water. Uh, my girlfriend gets on me all the time You know, I'll be working a traffic post in the middle of the day or just, you know, something where I'm sweating profusely. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm so tired. She's like, well, did you drink water today? I'm like, no, but I had like three bangs. (laughs) (laughs) And that dehydrates you more. So you're just like, it's always this constant cycle of like the snowball effect. You're making it worse and worse and worse. Absolutely. So um, another topic we were talking about was um, kind of like the way to select our police officers. Um, we were, we were speaking about the movie Gattaca, uh, a couple years old movie, but, um, so kind of, kind of go with that theory, kind of give us a little rundown of exactly what you were, you were discussing. Well, and so the reason I kind of started talking about and like looking into that more was because obviously 
with all of the stuff going on in the world right now and police officers who might, I guess, be a little bit more nervous and or trigger happy. Like if there's a way that we could potentially, before we even start, you know, police programs, if we could actually select people before they even go to the academy who may be genetically more fit to be police officers just based on their genetics. Like they might, you know, have better tolerance for caffeine or have a lower sleep requirement than others, or um, they've got this really, really cool gene that's one of the most studied in neuroscience known as the COMT gene. And it basically codes for an enzyme that can break down dopamine in the brain, which is kind of going back to what we talked about earlier. And they found that there are two varieties, well, technically three, but you've got two extreme varieties and then one kind of in the middle that's a mixture of both. But it leads to the war warrior and then the worrier phenotypes, which is that presentation. So there are some people who may be more predisposed to be warriors, while others are more predisposed to be worriers and may not be as suited for at least um, patrol type tasks as compared to like cognitive and or, you know, detective crime lab, things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, and whether we can actually go through and screen people genetically to see if based on their combo, they'd be better suited to be police officers. Gotcha. So that kind of gives us like a science fiction kind of, I mean, obviously there's, it's well-rooted in science that you're speaking, yeah. but you know, if we go all the way to, what do you think, like in, in utero, is that when we start like? Well, yeah, that's when you, you get your genetics at fertilization. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> So we'll just go in there and we'll, we'll, we'll pick our police force from infants and then we'll just groom them. And then, you know, it's kind of, or, I, or I mean, selective breeding of police. Like if you, if you know a good police officer, you know, who can handle it well and like, you know, whether you could go, you know, again, it's, there's so many ethical implications of all of this and, you know, sci-fi stuff, but like right. whether you should, you can go back and pick people or breed people to have certain traits, which is eugenics and, very frowned upon, but it's right, right, right. Discuss, um, just because like, if you think about it, like how, how many cops do you work with who come from a long line of cops? Right. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. My dad was a cop and uh, his dad was in the Marines before him. So he wasn't a cop, but you know, same, similar idea. And, and same for me. My dad's a police officer and I have always wanted to be a cop. Like I really wanted to help people. And again, you know, make a difference, you know, altruism, help others. And I always saw the good that he was able to do. And he's crime lab, so he had a little bit more of the the science to it. So I really liked that aspect of it. Uh, and if I wasn't in a doctor, I'd probably <laughs> would have gone the cop <laughs> route. Um, but it's just like that feeling where it's like, I feel like that's what I sh like. I I feel called to do, kind of. Mm -hmm, and you'll mm -hmm. you'll notice that with a lot of those long lines of families of police officers, that it's possible. The reason why they keep you know staying police officers is not because of that family you know, honor per se, but rather there's actually this genetic drive to be a police officer that you, your personality and your genetics is predisposing you to be a cop. Mm -hmm. That's, that's interesting because the, as you're talking about it, I think of everybody I work with that they're, you know, second generation, third generation, their dad's dad, all their brothers are cops. And it's, it's interesting. And I always just thought it was, Oh, you know, family business just going with what it is, but there's actually science behind it. I, I definitely agree. And I definitely think too, I mean, it may not just be police officers too, but first responders, you mm -hmm. know, they're, they're attracted to the right. adrenaline. Um, they think quick on their feet. Like when you think of what you're going to, see as an ideal police officer or firefighter or EMT, you know, they're quick on their feet. They're able to think 
and process this very complex situation very quickly. Like with firefighters, like, you know, where can I walk where the building is not going to collapse on me? You know, EMTs are able to quickly diagnose a patient, figure out what's going on and treat them and like Mm -hmm. just kind of tune everything else out and just focus on the task at hand. You know, and and the COMT gene they found tends to uh, stay in police families, um, which is, again, that the warrior version um, tends to stick in police families because it makes you better able to handle stress and respond mm-hmm. quickly. But again, there are pros and cons to everything. And one of the disadvantages of having that gene is it clears dopamine from your system more rapidly, which has the potential. And one of the theories going around is that you might crave more situations that will produce more dopamine for you, which is why police officers may, you know, have issues with smoking or drinking or adrenaline junkies, motorcycles, uh, extramarital affairs, sadly, like things like that, you know, it's, it's triggering this massive rush of dopamine. And since, you know, you can't keep that stable level for so long, you know, that you need that hit right. uh, and things that will, you know, give you that, that boost. You know, in the future, I'm going to be doing episodes where I have a bunch of cops sit around and we're going to talk about all these things, all these issues that we all have. You're going to have to sit in on them and just be like, no, this is exactly why your genetics just, you know. I'm I'm a huge fan of like genetic testing. I know everyone worries and it's like, oh, they're going to steal my genetics. I mean, we've already sequenced the entire human genome. <laughs> we were going to seek, like, if you were going to steal your genetics, you would have done it already. Like, <laughs> we already know all the genes. <laughs> You're already like over my head with that one. I, this is all stuff. This is all stuff out of like a science fiction movie. So it's, it's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, to and I mean, see it in real it life still is is fringe levels of science. And I know, well, <laughs> this is a, a horrible example. I know everyone's really heated up about it. But like the coronavirus pandemic, everyone is like, oh, why are we changing our minds every other week? Why is this? And then you know, masks, no masks, masks, no masks. It's because science is constantly changing and we're always changing our mind because we find new research and, you know, or, or we think we've got this idea and the data indicates all of this. And then we find a select group of people that for whatever reason, it doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, like I mentioned, the COMT is one of the most studied genes in neuroscience and they have the worry, warrior and warrior, which sucks. Those are like so yeah, similar yeah, yeah. words. I'm like tongue tied over it. But they found that there's a select group, um, the Han Chinese, which is a specific genetic lineage, that they don't have that same um, result despite having similar genes. So it's like mm-hmm. we thought this was you know standard for all civilizations, but now it may actually be, you know, isolated groups. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So the um, the COMT, is that the same thing as you were talking about, the altruism gene? Yes. Um, okay. And one of the theories behind it is altruism because they've done, like I said, it's the most studied gene in neuroscience. Like you think neuroscience is people are studying the brains. No, they're trying to figure out like what genes affect it. And again, along with the whole warrior, warrior, you know, tongue tied, they have the selfish, selfless spectrum. And okay. they've noticed that again, the mutations with, um, COMT, that one of them will actually make you more likely to be um, altruistic, which is like helping others. And they studied this. um, The study started out using a bunch of college kids, but they played a bunch of cognitive games where there was the potential to earn money. And whether if you were playing with a partner, would you share that money with the others? 
Uh, and they found out that people with one of the mutations were more likely to donate money to their partners anonymously. So like truly altruistic, not like doing it for show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, linked to that COMT, uh, COMT gene, which can do the warrior warrior. So the ones that have the warrior gene, as in like the, we'll call them the cops, <laughs> the warrior <laughs> genes are actually more likely to be altruistic and help others, um, which can again associate back into why cops, you know, those long-standing cops want to be cops. They have, feel that drive to want to help people, mm-hmm. maybe because of this genetics. And also it, it feeds into the fact that when you're actually nice to other human beings and you help others, it happens to release a very nice surge of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of getting a fix while also like feeding into the genetics that like you're predisposed to, if that makes sense. Right. Right. So we don't even know this, but as we're helping people, we're like, Oh, you're definitely it, getting the boost. <laughs> yeah. Very, very interesting. And, and, you know, I mean, so that's the, that's why it feels good to help people for people in this walk of life. In that walk, of, I mean, I think most, most humans, um, which is interesting because again, that falls into like, you hear the opposite of like altruistic people and people who want to help others are like psychopaths are probably the opposite end of the spectrum, but they're kind of mm. very interested in themselves only and like their needs don't really care about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really interesting too, because it tends that a lot of the police officers who have the warrior gene tend to score higher on psychopathic tendencies because they're more likely to run towards danger, which is actually seen as being a negative trait. Okay. Since it goes against like self-preservation. Right. Right. The whole Um, fight or flight thing. Yeah, exactly. That's all related to this. It all kind of feeds into each other. Um, And that's actually where the warrior warrior comes into play. The warrior is the fight. Mm -hmm. The warrior is the flight. That makes Um, sense genetics and, and, and there's pros and cons to each because the flight you know genetically it's survival of the fittest who's going to live longer to procreate have children you know mm-hmm. that's <laughs> arguably our goal um biologically and um you know the fighters are less likely to live and pass <laughs> on their genes right right potentially may die um while you know the warriors and flighting may actually protect them to live another day kind of thing so there's it's, there's fine nuances to everything. Right, right. So by law enforcement and firefighters and EMTs running into danger. Without you know, well, even thinking about it, like without right. even processing, they just go straight for it. Right. And it's like, you know, we're kind of, well, well, literally we're walking right into the fire sometimes. And it's like, that's not the smartest thing to do. But, you know, like I told you when we started, we're not the smartest bunch of people. So oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I would argue there, there's, and that's, I'm a huge believer in different levels of intelligence, like different types of intelligence. Right. And there's actually, a, you know, a theory out there, uh, Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences, and that each thing falls in a different category. And like we started before this, this, this talk started, it's like I have a PhD in science. Like, obviously, I'm a, somewhat intelligent, and yet I couldn't figure out the technology of getting this, like, podcast stuff set up in the very beginning right, so right. everyone's got their own, own everyone's little, got their own little box yeah boxes. definitely 
Absolutely. Well, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Uh, definitely learned a lot and, you know, it kind of opens up the channels to all these different things to look into if you're interested. And I feel like if anyone's listening and they were like, you know, science, what is this? And then now they're hearing it and they're like, oh, well, maybe if I look into this a little bit more, I'll figure out why this, this, and this is happening to me or why I feel like this, this, and this. So I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, kind of dissecting that with us just a little bit, giving That's us a like a... Uh, <laughs> See, I, I said that it's science, you know? Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that. But now we're going to switch it a little bit. We're going to go to, we went from big brain to, to a little bit different. We're going to go to what I call signal three, uh, where I work. A signal three is a hit and run. These are going to be very quick, very, you know, kind of the moment, whatever you're thinking of answers and we'll go through them. See what you got. How about that? Oh God. Okay. This is like, <laughs> so actually funny story. I've done my genetics and I have one of each. Okay. So I'm in between warrior and worrier, and now I'm worrying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you, it's not going to be too bad. Don't uh, don't overthink it. Okay. All right. So all these questions are kind of geared towards law enforcement. Well, not all of them, but some of them are geared towards law enforcement. So I'm going to kind of change it on the fly. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I can still pick my favorite donut, though, right? Oh yeah, you know I really got to add that question That's, to this list. It's not. Like, you know what? I'll I'll add that for tonight. <laughs> all right. Ready? Yes. All right. What is the proudest moment in your career? Oh God, graduating. <laughs> I guess. I, yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. We'll I'll go with that. <laughs> that's fine. I'm just laughing because that's the first question. That's the one that stumps everyone. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you open with the heavy hitters. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your dream vacation destination? Oh, I love hiking in the mountains. Um, so probably Appalachian, Southwestern Virginia, North Carolina. Okay. Weekend hike in the woods. Yeah. Where I, uh, where I was from in New Jersey was the northernmost point. No, it wasn't. We had a trail in the Appalachians that went right into our town. Um, It's really cold up there. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite movie? Don't judge me. Oh God. Uh, Miss Congeniality. Okay, I'll give you that one. You know, heartfelt and like, I mean, come on, as a little kid watching that movie and like female empowerment, she was tough. She didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, loved it. <laughs> oh, no, that, that was a good one. I'll give you that one. Um, what is your go-to day off drink? Water. Okay. okay. Uh, that's I, the healthy response. Uh, if we're talking alcoholic beverages, I really like gin and lemonade. Okay. All right. An old man uh, when I drink. Okay. All right. So this one, what usually is right here, I'm going to, I'm going to sub for your donut question. What's your favorite donut? Krispy Kreme glazed. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. It's the class. It's hot. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's like a religious experience. That's, okay. So that's my, that's my dopamine addiction right there. Like you see that neon sign lit up that the donuts are hot and ready. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Dopamine donut, let's go. <laughs> oh, man. And I know I'm just pissing off all the New Jersey people right now because you guys what like Dunkin' Donuts, which, oh, which yeah. are great. Don't get yeah, me wrong; they're good in their own right. Yeah, absolutely. I just like the Krispy Kreme are hot. Here's the right. Here's the thing: they're squishy. So, yeah, no, you're 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 nailing it. But like <laughs> the rest of the Krispy Kreme donuts, they kind of fail in comparison. Meanwhile, yes. Dunkin' Donuts are. All the other donuts are, are superb as long as they're fresh. When they sit for a little while, it's kind yeah, of nah. nice. No donut good. is good. Like actually, so I did learn a trick. This is my okay. like trade secret. So in, I'm from New Orleans originally, and one of our big desserts is bread pudding. Mm-hmm. You can make it with old donuts because you oh. need like dry bread or dried cake to make mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. If you let them dry out, 
like Krispy Kreme. You can chop them up and you know, mix them in with this batter. I have a recipe. I'll share it if you, okay. if you guys yeah. message me. <laughs> you have to bribe me for it. I'll give it to you. And then you make like a rum sauce and you put it on top and it's like, oh, best of all the worlds. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite cop movie? Oh, my God. Oh, this is uh, this is the worst question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I absolutely like. Okay, can I pick two? Just because. Yeah, I'll give well, you two. It's more than two. Okay, I love Police Academy and I love Lethal Weapon. Okay, like, yeah, classics. Yeah, those are They're the classics. So good, and it, yeah. was, it wasn't like SWAT, so we'll allow it. Oh no! no. <laughs> All right, here's the faux pas question. Uh, late at night, trying to stay awake, energy drinks, coffee, or something else. Okay. All of the above. Okay. I just mix. Like if I'm desperate. <laughs> no, actually in grad, <laughs> school, uh, in grad school, I have ADHD. Uh, so I'm kind of all over the place with uh, thinking sometimes. And uh, I used to do, it's not healthy and I do not recommend it, but I'd have to take my Adderall for my ADHD. And when I was tired, you know, I'd hit the energy drinks. I kind of like mm-hmm. the taste and the bubbles and it's just kind of, you know, feel good. But after a while, if it got really, really late at night, I was like, oh, I need a hot cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then I end up having all three stimulants in my body at once, which again, yeah. that, that high school kid would have died if he did what I did. Right, right, right. Wow. Um, geez, I don't think I could do that. I mean, I have oh. a high tolerance, but that's, that's a good one. Uh, I got a real, like, I think that's the one thing cops and grad students have in common is like the copious amounts of, ca- like our blood type is caffeine positive. <laughs> so just straight IV, let's go. <laughs> I like it. Absolutely. If I could find a way to like straight inject it, I would do it. I've already um, looked into it, actually. Oh, yeah? I, I don't think it's going to work. I'm going to keep playing around with it, but uh, you could kill yourself. But, I mean, <laughs> it sounds great. Risk versus reward kind of thing? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's say it's bottom of the ninth. You're coming in to win the game, whatever, save the game. Uh, walking into a UFC fight, what is your walk-on song? Okay, I'm going to have to go with Monster by Skillet. Okay. It's an oldie and like, I definitely like other songs beyond that. But in high school, that was my lifting song. And like, I hit every single PR anytime that song came on. So probably just stick to what I know works and go with that one. Nice. I like it. All right. Um, what has been your favorite work assignment? The coolest thing I've done. Uh, I studied HIV in the brain for my PhD. And so we actually worked in primates. Um, and it's, it's, it's really depressing and it's sad because like, I love animals and like, I hate, I hate that we have to do animal research, but I, I know how important and, and like necessary it is. Uh, but probably one of the coolest things we did is when I did my first necropsy, um, you know, it's when we euthanize them, we collect tissues and we actually process like all the different organs and the brain and like, it's really cool just to be able to do that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. one time. Nice. Um, what was your childhood dream job? police officer okay perfect <laughs> until i got told by my daddy disowned me <laughs> um okay if you weren't in your current position what would you be doing i would be a police officer you were, yeah <laughs> i would be crime lab in some some sort of capacity nice. like the science or detective i feel like homicide detective would be really cool mm-hmm. just because in science okay so it's it's slightly morbid and i swear i'm not a psychopath um <laughs> But in medicine, like, obviously, you have to learn how to keep people alive. And so, therefore, you obviously learn how they die, too. Right. And so, like, I would be probably very well adept at figuring out death and homicide. And yeah, sure. That's true. Things like that. Yeah, I've, I've attended a lot of death, and investi- death investigation conferences. And 
when the uh, science part comes in, it's very interesting, especially like when you get the um, like the PhDs in forensics and things like that, they come in and they're like, oh, well, if this they have this, this, and this symptom, they've been dead for this long and, and things such as that. It's just or like the maggot stages. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Oh, are they bloating? Do they have the, you know, oh, this is, <laughs> I remember very recently I was on a crime scene and one of my buddies was like, oh, what's all the sawdust around? I'm like, that's fly eggs right there. Yeah. My dad uh, used to collect maggots from mm-hmm. crime scenes mm-hmm. and he had little vials on his desk. Yep. And I feel like he just to give it to people. It's like, here, you want some, <laughs> want some maggots. Ma- here you go. Ma- yeah. Here's some flies from this really cool homicide I did once. Yeah. My, Merry uh, Christmas. <laughs> one, of, one of the people I follow and she follows me back. She's a, she's, I guess, training to be an etymologist. Ooh, so, nice. so it's always, everything I see on her page is just bugs. And I'm like, ah, not, not, not. I got, my a, I got a couple of friends who do that. And it's mm, not yeah, for me. No, I'll pass on the bugs. I'll pass on the bugs. But how people died, you know, the mechanisms, like what kind of poison was used mm-hmm. or whatever, like forensic pathology is a very, very fascinating field. Yeah, for sure. Um, who is your favorite Looney Tune? Um, I, is Bugs Bunny? Oh, wait, is Bugs Bunny is a Looney Tune, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, yeah, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. I guess. Um, best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? A PhD is not a sprint. It's, you know, just, I mean, it works for life too, but it's put your, you know, one foot in front of the other and keep going. Like you're going to take some hits, but like, if you keep trying to sprint to the end, like right, you'll burn out quick and it's going to hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> versus, you know, just taking it slow every day. And even if you take a step back, like you haven't quit, you're still yeah, you're still you're still moving, even if it's backwards. You can still have potential mm-hmm. to go forwards and stuff. Very nice, I like it. Um, all right, if you were given a mulligan or a do-over, what is something in your life that you would do differently? I feel like I probably would have changed my PhD just a little bit and done a little bit more forensic pathology type things to it. Okay. What is your favorite late night snack? Anything salty. Okay. I'm not a sweets person, and if especially if it's like chips, crunchy. Or like seaweed. I actually like seaweed snacks. Okay. That's, that's they're high in magnesium and you know, other nutrients your body needs to function is my excuse. <laughs> I've never had it, so I, I can't make a comment. It's on really it. good. Is it really? Yeah. Do you like do you like sushi? Yeah. Okay, so it's it's just the the, the wrap. roll wrapper yeah, yeah. but dry. So it's crunchy and it like dissolves pretty quickly and it's salty and it's like ten calories for a huge so it's like a healthy snack. Like, okay. I'm like a, eating a whole bag of chips in one sitting. It's you can eat a lot of them, and you're only like 20 calories in. I like it. That sounds like a good plan to me. And the final question: If you were stuck in a foxhole, who would you want to be trapped in with you to help get you out? Like celebrity or someone I know, or like anybody. Anybody. I feel like it's a cop out if I say Arnold Schwarzenegger, but probably Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. That's uh, someone else said that too. Uh, <laughs> but that is it. That concludes signal three. You did a great job. See, it wasn't as bad as I said. Nope, um, not at all. <laughs> Still a little anxious though. Nah, yeah, that's it. Oh, and now the bonus round. No, I'm joking. Oh God. No. I'm <laughs> it's like when you say pop, like I'm, I'm a professor now. Like, like I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. And like, I see the word pop quiz and I'm like, oh shit, I don't know it. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm the one writing it. Like, Come on. <laughs> That's funny. Well, anyway, thank you very much, Dr. Delery, for sitting down, talking to us, giving us a little insight in the brain and, and 
how we can become better humans and police officers. Do you have any uh, social media websites, anything that you'd like to give a plug or shout out to? I mean, you can follow me on Instagram if you like. Uh, sometimes I post funny things. Not as cool as uh, 10, 8 memes over here, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a mixture of science or whatever. And I'm always down to talk science. So if you have questions or you're curious about a theory or whatever, um, I love to procrastinate. So uh, hit me up. My Instagram is at P-H-Delery, D-E-L-E-R-Y. It's a pun because I have a PhD. So yes, check her out on Instagram. And again, thank you very much for sitting down and chatting with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And we will be right back. The secret side of me, I never let you see. I keep it caged, but I can't control it. So stay away from me, the beast is ugly. I feel the rage and I just can't hold it. It's scratching on the walls, in the closet, in the halls. It comes away again, I can't control it. Hiding under the bed, in my body, in my head. Why won't somebody come and save me from this? Make it in. All right, all right. Welcome back from that break. Once again, special thanks to Dr. Elizabeth Delery for having that chat with me. Uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing her very soon. Uh, we'll discuss some other fun things along the way. Uh, now for a segment that I've never done on this show before. Uh, maybe I should have done it in the beginning of episode one, but let's be honest. You guys are here to hear the guests, not me. And that's okay. That's the whole point of an inter interview podcast. But here it is, the Ask Me Anything. Um, as far as mailbag stuff, I haven't checked my P.O. box in, in a little while, so I don't know if there's anything waiting for me. Um, but so far, since I've started the page, I've received so many patches from different cops around the country and, and even beyond. I think I got one from uh, Australia, Canada, which is cool. Um, personally, I would like to receive international patches by being there. Um, I went to Ireland a couple years ago, and the Garda... The uh, Irish police force, sorry, metal blank, um, the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. The Irish police force, they don't have patches, but they trade other things like tie tacks and cufflinks and stuff like that. So I got um, a pair of cufflinks from a shop. Uh, the actual uh, officer that I talked to, he didn't have anything on him, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And actually, we're going to have a, I'm going to try to get a couple international law enforcement officers on in the uh, in the near future and we'll we'll talk about the differences in different cultures but anyway i digress um i've received let's see some books in the past earlier obviously we talked about dr gil martin's book i received another book uh very similar haven't cracked into that one yet uh, i've received coffee from uh com center coffee and uh code blue coffee which i am technically a uh a rep for i'm sorry i got a new phone today and uh, it is just all the all the updates and stuff are coming in, so I apologize about that. I should probably just put it on silent. And then I even have wine coming to me from Thin Vine Wines. So once I get all that and then I test it out, you know, I'll let you know. 
Anyway, anyway, it's all super amazing. I really, you know, you don't have to send me anything. But if you do want to, you know, patches or whatever or something you want me to check out, um, message me directly on Instagram or you can even email me on the podcast email and I'll send you the address to send stuff if you want. Again, um, and if you want a uh, patch trade, just let me know. Uh, I'm super behind on that between not having my own personal patches and just being so busy that I forget. I also need to get envelopes today. That's that's on the agenda. That's kind of where we're at. But um, yeah, just let me know and, and we can get it done. So anyway, ask me anything. Uh, first, a few generic questions. Let's see. I'm 30 years old. I'm a city cop in Florida, born and raised in New Jersey, went to school in Connecticut, came down here. I graduated the academy in 2015, and I've been employed with the same agency the entire time. Uh, I've done patrol, crime scene investigations, and now I'm on like this hybrid drug unit which also handles like community outreach and code enforcement issues. It's, it's like a mixed bag. I call it the junk drawer. I like it. It's different. Get a little taste of everything. I've written search warrants. I've done uh, code enforcement things. <clears throat> and of course, with crime scene, I've done a lot too. Uh, they're like, they're um, collateral assignments. That's a word I learned from uh, Sergeant Quarker. Collateral assignments. So I I don't do. I mean, my primary assignment is is this drug unit thing, and then I do on call crime scene about once a month. I have two dogs, a yellow lab named Chance, and I got like a pit bull mix named Lola. They don't live with me full time. They live with my sister, uh, about thirty minutes away. But occasionally they do come to visit. Um, I have a very close Italian family. Um, been very supportive of my of my career since day one. The highs, the lows, everything, you know, they're, they've been really great. And of course, I have an amazing girlfriend of just over two years now. Um, she's also been crazy supportive of my career. And now this new endeavor of whatever 10-8 is and whatever it's going to be, uh, she's super supportive about it. She is the voice of the disclaimer every week. So she's already helping me with that. She's a dispatcher. She works for a sheriff's office in Florida. Um, but no, we don't work together. And I know, you know, cops, dating dispatchers, it's so original, but whatever. Uh, when I'm not working, I'm typically sleeping cause it's, that's the only time I'm not working. But, um, when I actually have days off, I like to go travel, uh, really anywhere I can. And then I try to do like the whole foodie craft beer snob thing. Um, and I just eat and drink myself happy. That's, that's what keeps me happy. Uh, I haven't traveled a lot, but I'm working on it. Like I said, I went to Ireland, I think it was 2018, for two weeks. It was absolutely amazing. I would go back in a heartbeat if I could. Um, I really loved the Ring of Kerry in Galway and the Aran Islands. Dublin I wasn't a huge fan of. It just seemed like any other big city, but definitely like the, the countryside really like that. And locally, Savannah, Georgia is my current favorite place in the world. And just thinking about it makes me happy. So there you go. That's a little introduction of me wonder how many people have like stopped listening because we don't care um anyway but now to answer some of your questions so this is no one emailed me because actually hold on yeah no one emailed me so you know cops don't follow directions so here they are they're from the instagram uh everyone that i'm going to read so here we go all right jacob carl 706 on instagram asked how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop I don't know. I've never done that. I don't know anyone that actually licks a lollipop, right? Because we just kind of sound naughty. But, you know, pop it in their mouth, they do their thing. I know there was some, like, Mythbusters or something that they actually set up, like, a tongue machine. Get your mind out of the gutter. This is a kid's show. 
and uh, they figured it out. I don't know. Not that guy. Um, I would recommend Googling it if you're really concerned or, you know, ask your mom. All right, Ronnie Anderson, 51. Advice for newly promoted FTOs. That's what he wants to know. Um, well, if you are an FTO, understand that it's field training officer, not field hazing officer. Um, I had an FTO who was a jerk. I had a couple of those, but he said, you know, I can't get you into a shooting every day, so I have to uh, simulate stress somehow. It's like, okay. As someone who didn't understand the job at that point, could barely investigate a shoplifting or a trespasser, um, let alone anything else, because the academy and, and in-service when I got hired was kind of lacking, that didn't seem right. Like, I'm stressed enough, you know what I mean? Like, the job is tough. There's so much going on. You would think that when you're riding in the car with somebody, that could be like a minute to just, like, collect your thoughts. Not, and I'm okay with the quizzing. I'm, I'm okay with the whole, where am I? We're shot. I'm good with all that. That part didn't bother me. But just to be a dick for absolutely no reason is 1,000% uncalled for. So that would be my biggest advice. Don't be a dick. But that's my advice for life. Don't be a dick. Um, it costs us zero dollars and zero cents to be nice to people. You're here to train. And if someone gets in your car and then leaves your car and you don't think you've had an impact, then you're, you're not doing it right. And if, if you have a bigger uh, fail rate than success rate, you're really not doing it right. It doesn't mean you're a tough FTO. That means you're a bad FTO. There should be nobody that goes through your car that doesn't pass because if you're a good training officer they'll pass you know what I mean so that's my opinion on it um, never been an FTO was going to be was told no here we are all right uh, Nick Duncan 95 now this guy he's followed me since he was pre-academy now he's in field training um, so it's pretty cool that he's been with me his entire journey um, pretty nice guy anyway he asked, would I rather live my current life or live a billionaire's life but have to blow a dude each day? Guys, this is a kid's show. Um, but to answer your question, because I'm that kind of guy, um, I would live my current life because the way you described it, it sounds like I'm a really high-dollar call girl. And I don't know, something about that just leaves a funny taste in my mouth. Just another guy. He had a big Instagram handle, but I just copied down. Just another guy asked if I have any ideas to stop the mainstream media from twisting information. Yes. Turn off the mainstream media. They are doing it to get views. They are doing it to get likes and shares, and uh, it's all for ad space. They're trying to sell advertising because they know that these salacious things they're sharing gets people to tune in. So, you want to change the narrative of mainstream media turn it off there's and you know back in the day like way way back before my time I, there was no you know if you want to be informed you had to pick up the mainstream media um, there were what three channels on TV there was like 17 newspapers um, and now it's the opposite. There's like three newspapers left and 17,000 TV channels 
and podcasts and news sites on online to get your news from. So the excuse, oh, well, i got to go to Fox and CNN to get my news. It's the only one available, is wrong. Turn it off. Find a better alternative source. There are plenty of podcasts out there that will give you the news and not opinions. And that's it. So if your excuse is, oh, well, it's the only, how else am I going to be informed? No. You are exactly, no. Go watch your Fox. Go watch your CNN. Be misinformed and have a nice day. That's what I have to say to that. Canine Brock wants to know, uh, what's my favorite liquor? How do I drink it and why? And I answered this him privately because I'm not a super uh, smart drinker. Um, I'm a craft beer guy, which Canine Bruck is the reason that why I am a cra- uh, craft beer guy. But that's a different story. But liquor, I don't really mess with. Uh, my go-to drink if I go out to a bar is Captain and Coke. That's it. It's light. It doesn't, you know, it's not super heavy, and it's enjoyable. Uh, probably, probably now I'd go more the Diet Coke route. I'm trying to watch my girlish figure but uh but then i also i've had bourbon and whiskey on ice um I, i've mixed it before i don't really like the taste of whiskey mixed so i'll typically just go straight and and ice just because i like the little little chill that comes from it um and that's it you know occasionally very occasionally i'll drink wine not really my thing but whatever so that's your answer brooke have a nice day sir all right, Tile Calvert, I think I said that right, wants to know my plan B. There's a quote, I'm going to play it, uh, from, I think it's Legends of the Universe. Is that the show? Legends of Tomorrow, that's it. Legends of Tomorrow, the, the DC show that was on uh, CW for a while. That, uh, it's been so long. Captain Cold, is that who it is? Anyway, he said this. Make the plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go off the rails, throw away the plan. And, and that's, that's my plan B. No. Um, male modeling, uh, voice acting, as you can tell. Uh, hopefully this podcast thing really starts making me the money so I can be Jocko Willink and not have to work. Um, no, I have, I have options. I have plans. I, I don't know. If, I don't know. Honestly, I have plans. But I'm not implementing anything until I absolutely have to. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Any good gambler knows you don't you don't give away your hand. So, uh, Rob Cause asked, "Would I rather be pepper sprayed or tased again?" Tased, 100% tased. Uh, CDC Chris 91 asked, "Should patrol be writing search warrants?" I think if you have the call volume to allow that. He even said something about you know calls can hold. Yeah, I agree, but. Um, if you have, you know, my agency, that would never happen. Um, we had a sergeant who wanted to teach us how to write search warrants and, and all these things. Great idea. I'm for it. But there's just no time. A good search warrant, you know, it's... It, we just did a search warrant on my unit. New guy took a long time to write it. I think that'd be a great... So we have in-service training, right, when you get hired, or even the police academy, and they teach you the basics, but I think after a certain point, two years or so, there should be, like, not a second academy, but be like, all right, you've unlocked this new part of your career. Here's how to write search warrants. Here's how to do this. I think that'd be a good idea. I don't know. I'm not police admin. I'm just a guy sipping some coffee out of a Batman mug 
answering some weirdos questions on the uh, on the internet. Not that you are a weirdo, Chris. I'm just talking about other people. Are. All right, next one. IG is for sheep, which is ironic because he asked me this on Instagram. Wants to know my everyday carry. Um, I'm not fancy, man. I'm not these guys that you know carry you know five guns in their socks and three knives and, and a bottle opener and a car window. Man, I carry uh, I carry a Glock 27. Um, it is the subcompact version of the gun that I carry anyway, 40 caliber. Um, so ammo is interchangeable. That's why I carry it, and that's it. I I would like a revolver or something small and lightweight that I can carry. A little bit more concealed. I just haven't done it yet. It works for me. Uh, Ms. Cunner, I probably mispronounced that. I'm sorry. Wants to know, given the world I police in now, would I still have applied knowing what I know? That's a good question. At the time, I applied to the police academy because it was the only option I had. So, if I was in the same realm as I was then, now... And and when I say I was in, I was uh, it was the only option I had. I had dead end jobs. I, it just wasn't fulfilling to me, and that's why I went to the police academy. And I was just going to use it as a way to get to something else in my life. So and then when I became a cop, it just I fell in love with it and I wanted to stick with it. And that is during the uh, Ferguson situation. So all that being, and I stuck with it. Right. Well, at the time I was told, oh, this this won't last. <laughs> That, oh, policing has its ups and downs. You know, sometimes they love you, sometimes they hate you. Well, they've hated me for six years now, counting the academy. Um, so, that being said, I changed my path. I didn't want to go with what I was going to the police academy for. Um, but now, if, the, if, if everything was the same, if I was in the police academy when George Floyd happened, and I saw everything that was happening, the defund movement, the ambushes, which happened during uh, Ferguson, too. Don't forget that. Um, I would say that I would probably continue my path the way I was going and not get wrapped up in this. Um, I, could I say that I would be a city cop? I don't know. I don't know. Because right now, knowing what I know right now, city cop is not... I probably wouldn't apply to be a city cop. So no, probably not. You're right. Uh, Wowzer Finnick the Schnauzer. Yes. Um, answered th- or asked me three questions. The last one was, why do I keep sending questions when I know none of them will get answered? So moving on to the next question. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, the questions are, do I want to go on a ride along with him? Uh, he's a dog. It's a dog picture on the Facebook, uh, Instagram. So... Of course. And is there a reason I've never seen basketball? Uh, when it came out when I was a kid, it looked stupid. It looked like something that I wouldn't enjoy. And I just never got around to watching it since. So there you go. Uh, Memento Photography asked if my opinion of OC has changed after being sprayed. Um, I thought it sucked. I got sprayed. It did suck. So no. <laughs> and I, I, I'm never going to use it. Uh, Valley Christine asked if I sleep with socks on. I do not. Man Bear Pig 406 asked, would I rather go hands-on with a suspect that had a concealed knife or a standoff with a gun? Probably the gun. I am naturally clumsy. So, 
I think I would have better success rate with the standoff than going hands-on with a suspect with a knife because there's a bunch of different factors. Um, I think I'd have better success with a gun. All right, so that's it for the Ask Me Anythings. Uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna. That's all the ones I'm going to get to this week, I should say. Uh, maybe I'll do some more in a few weeks if you guys want. If you guys like this, let me know. And if you don't, then we'll forget this ever happened. Uh, now, I'm going to select one random question out of this deck I got of uh, questions. It's, it's, it's for uh, podcasts. It's from this company called Poddex. And I'll be using these questions in a special episode coming up. And it'll be fun. But we're going to go with just one. Did a quick little shuffle. Nothing crazy here. And I will answer the one on the top. And it is... Brag to me about the best things going on in the past 30 days. What are the best things going on in the past 30 days? Really? Can't, can it be the next 30 days? Because the, the month of October sucked. Let me tell you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm recording this on Halloween, 1031. Um, next month, I got, I got plans, man. Let me tell you. I got, I, got, I got plans. First off, Thanksgiving, favorite holiday. Um... It's like a one-two with Christmas. I love Christmas. Well, I love the Christmas season. Christmas Day, ever since, you know, I became an adult. Eh, not a thing. But Thanksgiving, though. Fat Kid Christmas, love it. Um, going away on a mini stay-ishcation. I'm not staying in town, but I'm going away with my girlfriend. Excited for that. But the past 30 days, the only thing that I can brag about is them overtime checks. That's literally all I got. A lot of overtime, a lot of work. Uh... A lot of other stuff going on. Uh, October wasn't great, man. Not not a fan. I did have my uh, my my. I was gonna say my daughter. I had my dog here for like two weeks. That was pretty nice. Um, except for the 7 a.m. wake ups. Didn't like that. When I uh, when I get to sleep in, the world's a happier place. All right, so that'll do it for today. Hopefully, you enjoyed the whole episode from beginning to end. I'm really trying to make these hours uh, as enjoyable as possible. And put on a lot of great entertainment and information as much as I can. So I really try. And I think we're doing a pretty damn good job thus far. Uh, if you are enjoying it, please let me know. That, that It's going to give me the motivation to keep doing it. Keep putting the effort forward. So please leave a review on your, your podcast site, whether it's Apple. I don't think you can do it on Spotify. I don't know about the other ones. So you know, please leave a review. Message me on Instagram. Tell me that you like it. Rate me five stars where you can. Follow or subscribe. You know, just... Message me. Tell me. Tell me what you think. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And maybe one day this show will have Joe Rogan numbers. Probably not, but maybe. Who knows? Uh, the music today was "Bad Guy" by The Interrupters. Uh, now let me tell you about that. Uh, I really do not enjoy anything by Billie Eilish. I think it's trash. But that cover is badass, so it's cool. Um, and really, anything by The Interrupters is awesome. So you guys need to check it out. Then we had She's Gonna Break Soon by one of my favorite bands in the world, Lesson Jake. Then Dr. D's walk-on song was Monster by Skillet. And we're going to end in just a moment with The Geeks Will Inherit the Earth by I Fight Dragons, which if you've never heard of them before, look them up. All their instruments are video game sounds. It's really cool. Next week, my guest is Nick Santos of LEO Combat Fitness. And we will talk about a lot. It's actually a longer episode. But this guy knows his stuff, and though I say this every week at this point, it's one of my favorite episodes. So, you don't want to miss it. You'll love it. And that's it. That's all I got, guys. Until next week, take care of each other and be safe. 
10-8, out. Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new